0: Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. I'm back after my week's rest, and we're not banned from Facebook, so that's always a bonus. Joining me uh, this evening is one fifty 50% of those responsible for not having us banned from Facebook this week. Is in here?
1: No, I, again, I refute that claim, but hello, everyone. Um, yes, there's Cammy just trying to blame me for everything as per usual.
0: I know. Well, do you know, I like to keep you in line.
1: <laughs> you do have that dict- dictatorial streak about you.
0: That's how I always. I, I checked in on you last week, and while you were doing the oh, only no. fins yeah. one as well, fifteen minutes in, and you'd, you'd got onto you are on the second row of those. Yeah, the podcast was like ten minutes.
1: Yeah, but see now, you know, uh, me, me and John don't work in a linear structure, uh, <laughs> yeah, so we we're, were working rounds. It just you know, like, a French, like a French, like a
0: French backline.
1: Yeah, it was it was like um, memento um, <laughs> memento the team lineup.
0: Yeah. So. Um if you want access to those podcasts we, they're called only fins and they're available to our Patreon subscribers. So what we're doing is we're having a little mini podcast, we're supposed to be a mini podcast, this one was half an hour, uh, yeah. where we look at the lineups and, and kind of preview the game. Um but you have to sign up to our Patreon for that. So if you go to patreon.com slash scottish rugby podcast for three pounds a month you can get access to ad free versions of this podcast and
1: cami i don't know what's wrong with your lighting but it looks like I'm it looks like i through a dirty car window and
0: there we go i'm gonna tilt i'll tilt it there down sort of i know down. i need to pay the window cleaner um but yeah, yeah my windows,
1: get... one of my windows isn't opening so i can't clean it properly now and i'm three <laughs> floors up so I, you know Adults. How have you
0: been it? What do you mean you can't open like do you normally kind of like does does Ronan no. hang you by the ankles and
1: uh no that used to be an option. Um no, they open in the way, but now one of the locks is completely busted on it, so I can't even open it slightly. Mm. Um so yeah, it's a bit of a nightmare. And it's, do you not care,
0: could you not get one of those men with the big long brushes? That's what we use.
1: Well apparently they used to come round before I, I'd moved in right around here. But um yeah, somebody dingy'd paying them. Um, and so they've it didn't come anymore. Back. I see I see them like a, a block up and stuff, you know. I should maybe just ask, but um
0: well, it leads you it leaves your window <laughs> streaky, but they don't end up you don't end up with them clambering all over your house.
1: True. Yeah, you know. I, I could be doing a podcast or, or playing pro evo and then all of a sudden bang this bang, big brush. Yeah, well, right in my face. Just, yeah. Just so if
0: anyone knows any good window cleaners, give you a shout. Well, maybe you are a window cleaner.
1: Or if you know any good barbers or hair transplanters. because if you're watching this live you will see that I have um, yeah, I, I've i now applied for uh, a role as Eastern European thug number two in the next <laughs> Bond movie
0: And uh, what did you use to cut your hair, Ian?
1: Well, well, isn't this a handy way to introduce this bit that we, we're, we have to do um, I used one of the new, the new blade that I got sent from Manscaped uh, there you go, manscaped.com, who do trimmers which you're meant to use on other parts of your body. Um, but they sent me sent us new blades, and I've used that to uh trim my head.
0: So, um, if you would like your downstairs to look as neat and trimmed as Ian's head, yeah. then go to slash Scottish Rugby and you can get 20% off plus free shipping. Mm. They also do nose hair trimmers, which are quite nice actually, they don't pinch. And they do various ointments and oils and stuff for your, uh, See, I'm, I'm your gentleman's areas as well.
1: Last week, I think, because my nose is kind of busted, it doesn't work so good. The the boxers are incredible. They
0: I, are. They're they're, really, they're very comfortable. Yes. I'd never tried. Work. Are they they're bamboo? Are they? Are
1: they I'm not sure, but you know the the um, wick the sweat away. Which
0: is good. They, they wick. They do. the wick the sweat away, and they 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 hold you. They, they cup you very nicely it's like i think i've said earlier on this part it's like having someone gently cupping your balls all day for you not in a not in a all sexual right. way not in a sexual way just 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 in a support way i would imagine it's it's what oh women feel God. when they say they found a good bra
1: that's what it says, like ball bras
0: ball bra that's what it is right. so yeah we're we we're only well our current kind of arrangement with manscaped um because it's a paid partnership uh, runs out at the end of this month because it's tied in with the six nations it may be expended it may not be but if you have been holding back on your 20 percent discount then uh go and go and um go and have a go with that now um so we have got a lot of news to get through uh today before we get on to the match itself um the first one is that there's finally going to be a global calendar ian but not for men's rugby for women's rugby
1: Yes, the Women's 15 programme. Yep. yep. Um, so I've I've only sort of briefly checked that. I've, I've seen there's, is it three tiers?
0: There are three tiers. So Scotland will have to finish in the top three of the Six Nations, which they haven't managed to do for um, 2005 to get in the top tier. So this is going to be a new tournament. So essentially there's a three-tiered Global 15s tournament called WXV. So it'll be women's 15, won't it? Uh, Which will see 16 sides from the Northern and Southern Hemisphere face off against each other on an annual basis, apart from World Cup years, from 2023 onwards. So you qualify for that based on your finishing position within the annual regional competition. So the Six Nations is one of those. Uh, To get in the top tier, you have to finish in the top three of the Six Nations. Um, So tier one... Six teams played across a cross-pool format at a standalone tournament in one location, which would be determined on a year-by-year basis. Uh, tier 2, um, again, that's a that's a different location, presumably. So you're looking at the, – on the offside line, was are saying you're looking at teams from Europe, fourth-place team from the cross-regional tournament featuring Australia, Canada, New Zealand, and USA. So it looks like there's going to be other new women's tournaments as well to try and get qualification for as well. So there's also going to be some sort of playoffs and stuff as well. But it's, I mean, it's it's nice to have a a global competition. It's supposed to manage game time, but if anything, it looks like an opportunity to give everyone more game time, which is, I think, what's needed in the women's game.
1: Yeah, the only slight issue we could see arising there is that um, because, for example, ha- like, more than half the Scotland's team, uh, Scotland's women's team, you know, they're they're still amateur. So again, mm. time off might be an issue. Uh, I don't know if if there can be some kind of assurances around compensation for employers or players actually getting paid to yep. participate. That'd be better. Uh, I assume that would be that would fall under World Rugby's remit. And I think out. it must. I yeah. would
0: imagine it's been down to your individual union as to how they do it, because technically it's professional. they would give i mean i i suppose it's the in the men's game world rugby would have a responsibility to, to give money to the lower tier nations to assist them mm. but they're not going to give money to scotland as a as a kind of lower tiered women's nation because we we're, we're not you know we're not fiji we're not the netherlands when it comes to, like finance wise
1: yeah but then also we're not england or france um have much more money mm-hmm. so uh, you know if they if they're serious about trying to grow the women's game which would be i mean this is when i've had arguments with people about this before people go oh, it's not a good enough product because it's not competitive enough it's like right but if you put more money into it it becomes mm-hmm. more competitive um and then if you expand you know with exposure it becomes a bigger fan base Mm-hmm. Which again bleeds more money into it, so it's you know it's cyclical, and it just it means that because you look at how Scotland have progressed, you know, getting that draw against France, and um, fair enough, we get scalped off England, but England scalped pretty much everyone, you know, especially if you get somebody who's like Emily Scarratt, who is, in my opinion, the best all round back in the world at the moment. Like mm-hmm. in terms of skill set, she's just unbelievably good. Um, you know, if you can give them a bigger profile brings more money into just world all of world rugby not yeah. just into the, just specifically into the women's game you know and that should filter down
0: yeah because i was kind of having a, a debate on twitter with people who there was a twitter poll went out from i think a, a potential sponsor for a women's lions tour and they said would you watch the a women's lions tour essentially the question was yes no or maybe now if you're a rugby fan i think at the very least you answer maybe because if it's on the telly, the question is, if it's on the telly and you're not doing anything else, would you watch it? And if you're a rugby fan, then of course you'd watch it. So it's a maybe or a yes. I think if, you, if you're if you answering no, then that's a very conscious choice to reject um, reject women's rugby outright. And Ian's making a, you know, for, for audio listeners, Ian's making a, a sign that describes how we feel about those people that, that maybe answered no. And I think you're right. I think if it's if it's if there's the investment, if it's on, the, I think if it's on the telly more, more people will watch it. There'll be those that make the conscious effort to go. This is a game on that's on, and I want to sit down. and I want to watch it. And there'll be those that go, "Oh, look, there's this game on. I've got a spare afternoon. I'm going to stick it on." In the same way that people watch, you know, people come across. Most people watch the Six Nations. It's on the telly. I'll stick it on apart from people that listen to this podcast because they're more invested in rugby, but I do, yeah, I I agree with you, there needs to be more investment. I'm not, I think it probably needs to come from the SRU, although potentially it could be matched, I guess, from World Rugby. But then I suppose the the argument would be the likes of Spain who are, have beaten Scotland in the past, their union is going to be, not have the same funding as Scotland would have.
1: Yeah, but well, do we know if they're getting any government funding or is it maybe well, big funding? They could, they could be getting money, uh, you know, if they're uh, thinking about putting a sevens team in. Yeah. Um. Anyway, what, what were some of the other points? You, there was a bunch of stuff I was going to comment on there. What was, but was what it was...
0: the Lions, the, li- the women's Lions tour?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, if you're not, yeah. Look, right, see if you see you're, you're not interested in a women's Lions tour. But then you feel the need to reply on Twitter or Facebook that you say like, no I won't because it's blah 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 because it's just women's rugby I mean you're just a bit of a sweary word aren't you, like, you Yeah. Know? Right. don't answer if it if you're not that interested in watching it, fine don't, but a lot of us are, and like I've said you know, MSC Garrett uh, you know there's a lot of fantastic uh, rugby players out there um, okay. in the women's game um, you know, if you Scarrett, Portia Woodman. Um, I mean, for Scotland, I think Hannah Smith, who is Matt Smith's older sister, mm-hmm. she's, she's an outstandingly good player. Yeah. Uh, we've oh, Jade Conkle, who, of course, is taking a break at the moment. Yeah, um, R-
0: Rona Lloyd.
1: Jade Conkle is a sort of groundbreaker for um, yeah. Scottish rugby, first professional Scottish women's rugby player. Rona Lloyd, Chloe Raleigh. Um, mm-hmm. there, are, there are a number of, I mean, when I've seen Scotland women's games, most of them have been pretty good there was a game against wales where wales um their set piece they were just completely dominant in the set piece mm-hmm. so they just they just churned out penalties like it's like kind of like what ireland would do to us in the men's game uh, a few years ago they were just churning out penalties They you know they even stopped um yeah, you know, if they had knock-on advantage, they would just stop planes. So like, no, we'll take the scrum, then we'll get a penalty out the scrum, <laughs> then boot it further than the field. So that was a. I didn't think that was a, a great um, advert for the game. But then the week after uh, Scotland against Japan was fantastic. Um, yeah. So you know, I mean, if I mean, if you if you like rugby, then you want to watch it in yeah. all its forms. I mean, fair enough. There might be some crap games, uh, but
0: and I think all its forms is the, is the right point because. Y- <laughs> I'm not saying that it's men of a certain generation that seem to have these views, but they're also the men of a certain generation who are saying, I don't like how men's international rugby is played now. And I think from the, the the rugby that they want to I think they're more likely to see the kind of rugby they want to see in the women's game than they are in the modern men's game, because there's a lot more running. It's a lot faster. In some ways, it's a lot faster because... The ball comes out quicker, and it goes through the hands, and it's just—it's different. And I think that's the other thing to say: it's different. You can't really compare them because physically, it's physically it's different. I don't mean that that that, you know it's inferior in any way. It's just different.
1: Yeah, it's not like you can, you know, Scotland were a penalty. um, Helen Nelson's not going to thump what. Metres down at the corner, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like you know, it's like you say, it's different in the in the way that heavyweight boxing is different to featherweight boxing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just that it's the same sport; it's just kind of played in a different, played out in a, in a different style. Yeah, um, and I, I do, I would recommend. I mean, because there is massive mismatches. I mean, you even get that in the men's World Cup, right? Yeah. But, and, and there is massive mismatches at times, but when you actually get a good game, like a fiercely contested game of women's rugby, it's it's up there with with what the men can do, really. I'd say. Yeah,
0: I'd I mean, it's not. It's I, yeah, well, exactly. I've never. You know, the games are perfectly entertaining. Anybody that likes rugby would enjoy. They would enjoy it. So. Um, the other bits of news then. Um, Ember have signed uh, a hookah from Ulster who's got a Scottish grandmother,
1: so not just his mum that's free glad his
0: mum. I thought it was his grandma. So, look, it's um, Anna McBurney's been signed from Ulster on an unspecified period of time, so I'm assuming three years if we're applying our our (laughs) original contract. Rule of contract. Um, he is—he's definitely Scottish qualified, but I can't. Uh, it might just be his mum. I thought it was his grand. Uh, grand I thought it was a grand. I've got the
1: media release here. Blah, 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 blah. um here. No,
0: yeah.
1: Oh wait, whose grandmother was from? He's mm-hmm. uh, grand. uh, grandma free cather in Laneshire. There you go. No, Codder would be L is that not that, is that. north, or that must be north furniture. I don't know where Cather is. <laughs> we don't care. I'm from the, I'm from the south. <laughs> um,
0: the are we bothered about the European Champions and Challenge Cup last sixteens being announced?
1: We covered that last week, I think. I don't
0: know. I think. Uh, well, it's they just they've announced the um oh, what's the now? dates. They've announced the dates. I think you you had the you you covered the fixtures. But they've okay. announced the date. So Embra playing right. Racing on the fourth of April. And Wait.
1: when when are Glasgow playing?
0: You, Glasgow are playing uh, Montpellier on the second of April.
1: Second. Oh man. Right. My birthday's the third. So I've got, ah. I'm in between. I, I think I should buy WrestleMania again this year. Just cause.
0: Would you WrestleMania the game or
1: no WrestleMania the event? You uh,
0: like uh, buy uh, the all... whole event
1: because yeah, I you know, despite the fact that we've tried to get Drew McIntyre on here and he's dingy this this screen <laughs> and then he goes running off to rugby world like the wee hoor that he is. Um I've nearly made Cammy spit juice out there, by the way, just um, <laughs> um Yeah, I've bought WrestleMania a couple of things from pay per view here. Um
0: Oh actually me- No, I thought you meant you were gonna like buy the entire franchise. I was gonna Oh Matt, how rich do you
1: think I am? I was going to say, you said I'm going to buy WrestleMania. I'm, I'm Eddie Jones's dog. <laughs> so I've, yeah, <laughs> I've saved up all my treats. Yeah, I've saved up all my treats, and that's me. I'm going to say, "Oh Vince McMahon, yeah, like, like Eddie's giving me this. I'll, I'll treat you ten thousand yeah. tons of caviar Caesar for for the WWE." Um.
0: Other bits of news, I um, Xander Ferguson's back in the Scotland squad after serving his um, four-match ban. Was it, was it three matches in the end, wasn't it? Three-match ban. But he No, had a, four. It was four because he showed...
1: Four-weeks, four 3 four, matches. Three, yeah, the way is that they it, work no, it out. He, no, he's not, is he?
0: Four-match suspension. Yeah, four-match
1: suspension. But he was meant to be suspended for the France match, which then didn't happen.
0: So but, the, thought, but a Glasgow game did happen. Oh, so they, oh, so they swapped in. So Glasgow. Yeah, games,
1: they, oh, they, oh, they, they swapped in the Ospreys game, didn't they?
0: They did, yes. And Glasgow played uh, in the rest week as well. And technically he yeah, was available Zebra. for that. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah so
0: he's is, complete. And then this Ireland this week.
1: But that's a weird thing because Hastings counted for the Zebra game, but then he didn't count for the Ospreys game because he might have been playing against Ireland.
0: But presumably, that he the Ireland game then would count.
1: Uh, Who no, knows? The, Is it no, like some sort of
0: like computer the, algorithm that works this out?
1: Because the the Ospreys game was a Friday night, and I actually I did start writing a match report on that, then didn't finish it. Um, I got distracted, uh, <laughs> and then because Ireland was s- Sunday, they said that he was, was going to play in one or the other, so they wouldn't count. Both of them, all right. Um, aye, because he'd been called up to Scotland squad and then got suspended. So then That's... they said, Right, you can't, you can't play against either Ospreys or Ireland, and that only counts as one game.
0: That makes sense. So mm-hmm. Zander's back. Um, Damien Hoyland's been added to, and Ali Miller have been added to this training squad. Scott Cummings, um, is. On, has dropped out of it altogether because it looks like he's fractured his hand is that the l- suspected fracture was the last we heard, I don't think we've had an update on that have we uh,
1: no um, I think f- oh, have I checked and forgot, yeah um, I-, I should be getting notified about the team announcement call soon um, so we can ask Gregor Townsend then but I mean it looked I mean I, I thought it looked more like a shoulder injury the way he was walking off yeah um apparently it's a as a hand issue um also Johnny Gray's got a shoulder problem
0: there was um Rob Baxter has updated on that and said it looks like it's a bruise rather mm. than anything serious um so um I've heard, I've heard
1: it otherwise but I can't see what
0: right well there we go um and Finn Finn Russell I think just because of the return-to-play protocols, because it's a six-day turnaround, unless he's passed his HI, which I don't think he would have done otherwise, he return to the field, he's unlikely to feature because he'll miss it by a day.
1: Um, yeah, but seeing, you know, that would be a major concern if it wasn't for the fact for playing Italy, who have been rank
0: wrong. <laughs> so we'll come, we'll come on to them later on. Um JB Doby's been called up as has um I think also, uh, Rufus McLean
1: has been called off as well. Oh they were called up last week. Um were they? Yeah, Dobie McLean. Have they been um... added actively added back in
0: again? Because this I'm, I'm reading the recent most recent kind of squad update and they've made a
1: Yeah. Well I, I, like, like maybe he was released. Back to... To their, um I believe Skinner is has not been released back again. No. You
0: know, no so Skinner's I think
1: it's a wise choice.
0: Yeah. Well, I think he probably should have been on the bench this weekend, but we might come on to that in a minute. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get on to the other game. We'll, we've put it off long enough. I think we'll probably talk about the Ireland game now. We're 25 minutes in. Um, so, Scotland Ireland. Um, I watched it back today. It wasn't as bad as. I thought it was on first viewing, if I'm honest. I would just... There was mistakes, and the line-out was absolutely shocking. But I think if you... If it hadn't been for the line-out misfiring, that, that, I think that's essentially why we lost the game. You take the referee in and out of it, but when you've got no attacking platform, then and an attacking platform that our entire game plan is based on, which is kicking to touch and stretching defences by getting the ball in behind them, then the whole game plan falls apart. Having said that, to only, to, to only lose by three points when the line-outs misfiring shows that we're doing something right.
1: Yeah, but the line-out was just a complete disaster. Yeah. Um, I mean, right, you can maybe excuse the first couple, but then we got a really good attacking position. We won in Ireland 22, mm-hmm. and I got overthrown. So, yeah. you know, it's it's not a case of, um, right, fair enough, you can blame, you could try and blame Hooker for everything, but then maybe it's missed calls here and there. But if you're overthrowing, that's on you. That's on the hooker.
0: I think at that point was it not that at that point it was completely gone. The lineup had gone by that point when the overthrow happened. So that's that's kind of a a mental thing, I think, rather than a communication thing that you just completely lost confidence.
1: And then the next penalty is when uh, Finn Russell decided to go for the sticks, whereas you know because Scotland had the upper, upper hand at that point, you know the game had broken up and we were starting to dominate. I would say eight times out of ten that goes to the corner. Mm-hmm. But just because of how bad the line had been going, Finn opts for the sticks and, and pushed it wide. Yeah. Um but no, it was, I was mean, seeing as how good it had worked against England, uh I think Turner was a hundred percent on his throws, wasn't he? Yep. Yep. Um I mean fair enough, like Johnny Gray took a shoulder knock early doors and that might have impeded him slightly and he's jumping but most of the time it was just Ireland Reddit. And Ireland the way they picked their squad you know you've got um, Ryan uh, who, who else was it like? So Ryan and, I've got uh, this Ryan, and uh, no, uh, Ryan and I know
0: it's horrible that happens. Ryan and Henderson Ryan, and Ryan, you had well, Tag Bern in the back. Yeah, well. So you've
1: got Ryan, Henderson and Byrne, who are all Six foot five plus, uh, Henderson and Byrne, they're interchangeable between Locke and, and Flanker. Um, possibly well, Connors in there, he's not a midget, I think he's six four. Um, but every time Scotland just seemed to neglect using Jamie Ritchie as a line option, and mm-hmm. just always went to Johnny Gray or Scott Cummings. And like I said, Johnny Gray took that shoulder knock early doors, maybe that impacted that, but it everything got too obvious. Mm. Um you know, if things aren't going well, you just shorten the line out. he's dart it in the front and then yeah. try and play at the back. Um so I uh, yeah, what was it? I think we won, two lost six, is that right?
0: I think that's where it ended up. We stole one of theirs. But that's I mean, it's a very poor return given where we are in the England game. The whale I mean even the, the whales, won, even the whales even one
1: we, that we won was um was scrappy. As yeah,
0: well. I mean the, the the Wales game after Blade Thompson went off. I don't think we'd had a line out actually before he we went off, but we were saying I remember when we did the podcast after that, we were talking about how poor the how the lineup hadn't fired particularly well against Wales. So it I wonder if it's ju- if it's teams that teams are just reading it.
1: Well and for just, it, we've always been too obvious. For all we're only gonna have the two options. Um well, that's the thing, like uh will we talk Matt Ferguson right now? Yeah, let's talk Matt Fagerson now. Right. Because I've I've just been on Twitter there, I've watched it back saying, I mean, this guy is again he had a great game. I thought he had a very good game. Um but one of the issues is he's not a line jumper. Mm-hmm. Uh so you know he, he fits that mold that you want in the Scotland back row and that he's full of energy and he will barrel through people. Right, fair enough. He's not he's not tall big, but, you know, he, he shoves hard in the same way that Stander and uh, Sam Simmons do. Um, but he's not a line-up jumper that, say, Ryan Wilson was. Ryan Wilson's been, I like, think, one of Glasgow's best, um, most prolific line receivers this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we just didn't seem to use Richie at all. I mean, even when it was... Barclay and Watson. You could use John Barclay as a line-out option. Um I mean, Watson's obviously a line-out option, <laughs> uh, but <laughs> you're never going to drop Mitch Watson. I thought he was super early.
0: No, he was he was I mean He, uh, I think, he took the game a lot to Ireland. He broke. He did everything that you want to, uh, you know, that, that we'd expect of him. You know, he was and then nabbed that try. I mean, he, he, I don't understand why Hamish Watson hasn't become a captain of a side yet. I mean, obviously, it's not something he's striving to do, but it, it really is the kind of performance that you would want from someone to kind of, you know, taking the game by the scruff in the neck. And he, he kept Scotland in that almost single handedly.
1: I'd even see, you know, vice captain because he's, he's not a big talker. You know, we've mm-hmm. this before. He's not, um, He's not a big shouty person, but he he leads by action, um, and and I think the same way that Jamie Ritchie does. Um, mm-hmm. So I, th- I think you know if, if you made Watson face captain, you know people people will suck in that energy. Uh, I mean, he he had no right to finish that try. That he's no, got. <laughs> I mean that's that's a remarkable finish from He
0: suplexed himself.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and that's that's. He sat down Ian Henderson beforehand, and that's yeah. how he, he twisted it Henderson there. And how he's managed to hold on to that and, and ground it—it's it's as good as a, one of those flying, you know, super rugby finishes you see in at the corner where a winger's toes just off the ground as he plants it. That's as that's as hard a technique for me, you know, to, yeah. to twist through, getting smashed, hold on to the ball, and ground it. It's a, it's a fantastic finish.
0: Yeah. Um, we, I just want to touch on Matt Ferguson because, like you said, you have an interesting conversation. I, I don't, I, and the point you're making is how how are people still not convinced by Matt Ferguson? And I struggle to understand that. I understand. I don't get why people are still questioning him as Scotland's nailed on number eight because he runs hard, he makes tackles, he you know that. The number of car like I think someone replied to your tweet saying the number of tackles, the number of carries doesn't matter. It's the meters you make or the average meters you make him with ball in hand. When I mean, he carried eleven times, eleven times for fifty meters?
1: Uh, yeah, well, I'd, I'd also said like mm-hmm. obviously because he receives field kicks, I wouldn't be too fussed about meters made. Um, but then someone's averaged it out. He, he makes more meters per carry than standard Falatau. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sander obviously as I've said as well, um, Fagerson will carry a lot because that's what he does and it, even if he doesn't get over the gain line, what it does is it means it draws people in, it draws defenders in
0: mm-hmm.
1: and, and so it leaves space and when you've got that kind of work rate going about the park doing all the things that you want from number eight, you know, <laughs> unless, unless you're also wanting to like start dishing out Louis Peakymole style offloads you know, you, you can't have a perfect rugby player. Yeah. Um, you know, he's... I can't think of any, anyone else who would be better in there. You know, we, Gary Graham came in and just was a penalty machine mm-hmm. um, in a negative sense. Uh, Ryan Wilson, you know, he's he's more of a sort of six and a half, six-ish player. You know, fine, he's a line-out option, but he's not going to carry you more than Fagerson will. Mm-hmm. Um Bradbury's work great right around the park, isn't enough, and you know, Edinburgh even started using it as an emergency lock now. Um, you know, fine, he carries well, but he's not an eight. Um, uh, so you know, who who is better out there? And and how can you? If if anyone thinks that he isn't the best choice at eight, tell me who is, and tell me what they do better than what Matt Ferguson does.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Um Doug will come back to line out um option. Doug says mission Matt Ferguson aren't brilliant line out options. How about putting six foot four Duhan in as a sneaky line out option? We used to do these trick line outs in school. we occasionally would have like there was the one I think that went to, was it um Tommy Seymour or Matt Scott, who took that ball?
1: There was one Dunbar scored against Ireland. Dunbar that was it Dunbar against it. Ireland. And then Hamish mm-hmm. Watson did against South Africa and the, the- Autumn uh, series twenty eighteen,
0: yeah or nineteen, I think it was. There just isn't like you said, like like we said, there's not much variety to the lineup play. I think as soon as you see which way we'll line up, well, it's either going to Cummins or Gray, and as soon as you've got tall players, well, if you've got three tall players up against R two, then you know well, to...
1: kind of are not you? you know? Yeah, you put put one of them in front, one at the back, and then.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, have some challenge on it.
0: The um I think it's frustrating to see the, some of the same mistakes creeping again against Alan. The the last big one where the kind of penalty comes from with the Ali Price turnover was just a it's it, it was Jamie Batty daydreaming and there was a you know the massive gap between him and the rock. I think uh, it was the tag burn ran through. Uh
1: no, it was um your Man Baird. Yeah. Uh, is it Ryan Baird or James Baird's uh, Yeah. Windsor boy. Um. Yeah. But there's a massive gap between Berkin and Batty. I mean that. I, I, I mean as soon as it get charged down, I did not even know how to look at replay. I'm like, look at that. There's where where's your blocker? Where's mm-hmm. you know who's there helping Ali Price? Um. Yes, yeah, so that was. I mean, it probably explains why Berkin and Batty don't play very often. But that was that was suicidal. Um. Although, I mean, the main thing we placed for me like, I'm not going to criticise him too harshly on that one. But the penalty he gave away just before the end of the first half, which, you know, uh, put Ireland to a 14-10 lead. Mm. That was just stupid. They are he not looked- in a good attacking position there. They're not going to snipe.
0: Mm-hmm. That's
1: just daft. Yeah. He looked a
0: little bit off his game, actually. I don't know if it's just because he's a... We've had a month without a game, but there was a couple of times he looked a little bit indecisive. He almost looked like Ali Price from a few seasons ago, where a lot of people kind of recall. I think when they the critical of Ali Price, and we've said that he's not that player anymore; he's moved on. But there were, you know, there was one point where he went to pass down the blind side and then thought better of it and changed his mind and passed the other way. But by that point, that's you know, that's three seconds, which is more than enough for the Irish defense to get up. So he just, I don't know, he just didn't look as sharp as he has done in the last two games.
1: Well, I don't know as well if maybe Itoshi charging him down repeatedly at him <laughs> is is affecting him. Um, but he, he just, he seems to play a very different way with Scotland than he does for Glasgow. Um, right, fair enough. We saw the wee chip kick through for Darcy Graham, but he doesn't seem as adventurous. Mm. Um, and obviously, you know, it's a different setting it's a different standard of game so he probably does feel he has to rein it in a wee bit but I yeah I, I thought it was a I thought he, he wasn't good. I would I'd give him a four out of ten. Five would out you, of push.
0: Yeah five yeah, I think it, oh, well, uh, I think if we're doing our normal rating which would be that everybody if it's everyone starts on a five if you lose and starts on a six if you win. I think he's. I suppose he loses point. I guess by the time he loses points for not getting Jamie Batty in the right position and giving away that penalty, you're right. He probably is a four.
1: Yeah, and yeah, you know, so that's a sort of six point concession, which eventually cost you. I mean, obviously, it's not the whole narrative for the match, but I, just, I don't think he he had much except He didn't seem to have much about him um, for the rest of the game. Um mm-hmm. His box kicking wasn't. He'd, I don't think he kicked that often, to be fair. Um, no. And that's. Yeah,
0: but I, I wonder whether that's kind of when the line out's not going particularly well, then why try? Because if you kick up the. Even if you kind of kick box kicking along the line, you take, you're take. you always taking the chance someone's going to knock it into touch or be knocked into touch. But what's the point if you're going to lose the line out anyway?
1: Yeah. We are guaranteeing it, position turnover. It then
0: just kind of changes absolutely everything. Um yeah, it was quite it was slow. when I'm looking at the ruck recycle speed, so normally it's between not to six seconds. So normally his speed's quite high. So the but there's um sixteen percent of the ruck recycle were six plus seconds.
1: See one thing I've noticed uh, particularly James Ryan is canny about is that when, tackle, when an Ireland tackle leaves the breakdown area, right? The, so they they can't get paint for rolling away because they leave the breakdown area. Mm-hmm. What they do is they leave very slowly and to one side, so it yeah. blocks off, it blocks off a, an attacking opportunity or like a chance to. I mean, he could be cynical and try and launch it and him and go, "Oh, look at look, look as him lying on the wrong side." Um, but that's that's one thing, like this is what we always say you know, Ireland have more street smarts than we do. Mm. <laughs> um, uh, well, I mean, will we talk about Roman Platt right now? Shall we? I mean, how can it? you give that a try?
0: I don't understand. I don't understand why you go to the TMO for Hamish Watson's try when your on field decision is try because I and he says I, it's a try because I saw it touch the ground, but you yeah. don't go to the TMO. For the Ireland try, when you had to stick your head in a pile of bodies to see that it hit the floor, by which point, do you know it's? It, no, it's even, even a if it's on the movement. floor, at that point has yeah exactly. Then it's a double movement. So I don't understand why you would go to it for one try and not the other. And then just his, I mean, his positioning as a referee when he got absolute I when mean, he got absolutely smashed a couple of times it's during three the teams. game. <laughs> just, it just seems. It's like some sort of (laughs) cruzo-esque referee's performance.
1: So, no, we'll probably get people going, Oh, you can't criticize referees, blah blah, it's a tough job. Here's the thing though. That man is crap at his job. He has been repeatedly crap at his job. Even last week when he was sitting in the TMO's office, he missed a blatant try for Ian Henderson. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. If you're crap at your job, you should not be at your job.
0: And there was one point as well where it was, and Jamie Ritchie complained about it was, and the Irish tackle hadn't moved away, and he Scotland got pinged for a penalty, even though I think Jamie Ritchie was being held on the floor. So, it, yeah, there was the decisions were baffling at times, and I think you, you, I think that's where it comes down to where I still have hope. And I don't think you can be too. You can be hard on Scotland for all the mistakes that they made and the fact that the lineup didn't fire, but the referees, the ref, Roman Platt's performance had a massive influence on the outcome of that game. That Alan try doesn't get allowed. Then, and I know you can't say that because you know you never know what would have happened after that, and momentum shifts and all of that. But it, it, the, I think he, you know his performance it gave gave Ireland seven points they ought not to have had.
1: Yeah, and it's it's been a constant issue with him. Um, you know, Greg Laethlough called him out a couple of years ago for it. Uh, yeah. People said it was uncalled for, you know, it was like, oh, that's not how a captain should behave. But when somebody is so prolifically bad, I think you should call them out. Um, yeah. when I saw somebody uh, it was an Irish person who'd made a, a compilation of calls that i had missed in that game. Um, and there was, there was a bunch of Scotland, especially the substitutes coming in from the side at Rucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the stuff he's missed, like the Omani elbow drop, how is that not called? Um, uh, just a bunch of things that he, he
0: can... And how do you lose the pee from your whistle in the middle of a game?
1: Well, because he was. Got, God, have
0: some he, respect for yourself. Good
1: God. Just, he just got himself stuck. He, it's like, it, he got himself in the way. He he apologised. I heard him apologise like four times to players because he'd got in the way. It's like, dude, you're in in the way of. Surely, as the man closest to the middle of the pitch, you can see what, what way that the team with the ball are yeah. to play. Stop getting in the road. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, just like easy. And then when, and
0: really when, cool. and that thing where the, the ball had clearly bounced in field. I know when they showed it on the replay, it looked like, and like, the, I was watching live. I was like, no, that's, that's bounced, that's bounced in field. Like, yeah. like, even though we're on a wide angle, I can see that's bounced in field. And the line, ju- the touch judge called it as well and said, no, that's gone out. And it was only when they caught it on yeah. a big screen replay. That they that's, called them back for the line out.
1: That's one thing you can actually credit Part for because the touch judge had given that out. But it was clearly, and yeah. I think that was um, Piardi, who's the Italian ref mm. at the Glasgow game the other week. And, and he was, he's not very good. <laughs> I think, like, yeah, why can't we get decent referees? Um, I
0: did enjoy, I did enjoy though, um, Roman Poit's little chat with Johnny Sexton where he was like like a parent trying to calm down uh, a, a distraught toddler. He's like, Johnny, Johnny, don't be scared. Don't be scared, Please, Johnny. Johnny, don't be scared. He
1: thought- hug, hug Uncle Roman.
0: <laughs> it is okay. There are no monsters under your bed, Johnny.
1: <laughs> it is only Josh Strauss. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. But I think, yeah, I mean, you look at it and you think there's at least seven points difference that his decisions made to the game. So I think if you're looking for hope as a Scotland fan, I don't I think overall Scotland played badly, given the position that we ended up with where you had, you know, Stuart Hogg at 10 and, you know, Scott Steele packing down mm. in thing. What um, a job I know. Well, let's, we, we, before we go on, we we did, Ian managed to catch up with um, Mike Blair earlier on to ask him about, uh, Scott Steele and, and here's what we had to say
1: So Scott Steele obviously due to all the injuries that you had Scott Steele ended up packing down at Openside. what instructions did you send him out with? Uh, push um, <laughs> in the scrum and
0: um, like the, the, the great thing about Scott is like Scott's a, a, a brilliant guy like three caps one in the wing one in nine uh, one in the back row well, that would be a, a trivia question to come I'm sure but like he actually, he actually suited the role. Like he he was brilliant. When I I don't know if you saw the stats, in him. But I mean, he he must have cleared out about you know, twelve breakdowns. His, his energy was great. He he, um, he was trying to avoid carrying the ball close to their line. It um, doesn't quite have the size of others, but like he was he was putting everything into it. And I, I thought I thought he did a brilliant job. They actually mentioned that his, his scrum technique was was really good as well. So. I don't
1: know.
0: Back in my day, if I'd been asked to go on the back row, um, I, I think I, I might have suggested that wasn't the best idea. But uh, but Scott did great. So I've temporarily lost Ian. He'll be
1: there. He is. He's oh, back. Okay. Sorry, I was on the move.
0: you were on the move. So he's back. But I mean, he did do. It. He did do. It. Apart from binding on uh, Jamie Batty's ass at one point, he did a fair. He did. He did. He did a reasonable job.
1: I think, like, um, when he was called up to the squad, it was because uh, they said they thought he's one of the best defensive nines kicking about, um, and he, he loves a jackal. Uh, and because Hornito was injured, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was between him and Sam Hadalgo Klein. Um, but, you know, he's, he's a strong little boy. Um, yeah. and I I like Mike Blair said that he did a fantastic job. You no, know, when I, when I asked the question, I was more thinking like, did you did you ask him to play? Was he meant to be playing open side or what exactly was he meant to do after scrummaging? Um, but no, he's
0: and it was that thing like you said he he he's obviously a smart player because like Mike Blair was saying there that, that he didn't. He knew not to take the ball into contact close to the line, but he was still there supporting, as you know, latching on to players and protecting the ball, which is you know what what they needed in terms of an extra body.
1: Aye, <laughs> you know he's they they've asked him to play everywhere. Yeah, um,
0: has he actually come point? on? At, has he actually come on at nine yet?
1: Uh, Yeah, I guess England. Oh, so he did, yeah. Yeah, and he he seems to... I noted he has this kind of strange box-kicking technique where he he rotates himself around about 90 degrees and almost like kicks it behind himself. It's (laughs) it's quite a strange technique, but it'll get your height on it. Um, (laughs) And also, you know, prevents someone like Maru Otoji stretching over and slapping a ball at your hand. Um, So it's canny. He looks like a good player. I'd like to he see does. more of him.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: Maybe
0: not at seven. But... Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he'd want to see himself at seven anymore. <laughs> um, there was some interesting... I think when the, the the team was named, it was strange not to have... Uh, there was two missions. I think one is, um, obviously, Scott um, Sam uh, Skinner. It was probably the big mission in, in favour of Grant. Gilchrist, and I was thinking to myself, I wonder if having Skinner on there would have made any difference but I I think it's quite unfortunate to lose both your locks in the way that Scotland did so I'm not I I think even if you'd had Skinner on the bench I'm not sure what else you could have done to have avoided having to put your substitute Scrum Half on in the back row
1: Yeah, but I mean, when you've lost like Richie and Gray had already gone off. Mm-hmm. Grey had been obviously carrying on Jeff for a good while. And then Cummings has to go off straight after <laughs> Gilchrist and Haney have come on. Unless you gone for a day bench slit, which I don't approve of because well then who would you know, Finrus goes off? Um well, that was one thing I'd asked about last week, you know, if you've got no ten cover and so it is all that comes in. Um but yeah, I mean it just shows the professional nature of test rugby and the fact that you have to have versatility on the bench. Mm-hmm. Uh, um you you know, you look at Hugh Jones who'd been the auxiliary full back winger center uh, at twenty-three over the last couple of weeks, then he gets shifted up to number twenty two uh, and we ended up needing him. Um and what a fantastic try that was he scored. Oh I know. That Unbelievable. was
0: Hugh Jones yeah just the just just the run to cut cut two defenders in two and just keep running really strongly and just shake off tacklers it was good it it's good to see him getting back into the form that he was in I thought he really really got he he played really really well i don't think he's done enough to kind of shift Harris from the thirteenth shirt but he's pushing him close now
1: no we know what Harris brings um I and mean, we know the huge ones is a, a, a different kind of animal. Um and it'll be it'll be really I mean, I'm I'm sorry to see him go from Glasgow because he's never been given a fair crack of the whip in my mm-hmm. opinion. Um and if he ends up playing in France D two, if you know if he's gonna be on as expected and they're currently bottom of the league, that's that's not great. Um but no, he he showed what he can do, uh as an attacking outlet, but when I mean, do we shift Harris? Um, I thought I thought Sam Johnson had a pretty good game. Yeah. Um, again, he'd, he he had that kind of direct running style, which led to Hugh Jones' try when he when he took that quick tap off a uh, Ali Price. Um. Uh, there there is nobody better. In the 12 short than Sam Johnson, I think, at the moment, other mm-hmm. than Cami Redpath, but he's injured.
0: Yeah. And he's not coming back. So I don't, yeah, I, I would agree with that. I don't know who you'd. Lang's okay. He's decent, but I think Sam Johnson offers. If you're not, if, if you haven't got Cammy Redpath, then there isn't really any other option at 12 that gives you that kicking option. And so.
1: That ben... it's more a runner option. Like, because Lang's not a runner. Johnson can barrel through you. Yeah, Red, red pass more of a smooth runner. Um, but just Lang was so anonymous against Wales; he did nothing mm. apart from get elbowed in the throat by Liam Williams. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: think I say that, that. I think that's the thing with Lang is he's all right. He's good. He can come in and hold his own at that level, but he's not going to break tackles in the same way as Sam Johnson will. So. Sam Johnson's always going to start ahead of him. Cammy Redpath had one spectacular game against England. I'd like to see more of him. I don't want to get carried away until he's had a few more games under his belt.
1: No, but it's, it's, the, way, it's the way of the Scottish rugby fan we get carried
0: away. To, that's it. And Hutchinson.
1: He should Got be starting th- at 10, I tell you.
0: Yeah, I mean... You know, people obviously are excited to have him come in and and play twelve, and uh, it's a difficult year, I think, because we want the luxury of having a big squad and calling players in. And for some reason or other, you know, Sam Skinner has talked about the fact he's been out. He was asked to go away and work on things by Gregor Townsend. We can only assume that Hutchison's been asked to do the same, and that there's something there's something that with his game that. Not that Townsend doesn't like but thinks need to work before he gets called in as a as a, as part of someone that could could walk straight into twenty-three.
1: Although I mean I, I once heard a an interview with David Denton three last year. Um when he'd been called by Townsend, he thought to go and work away on certain things. Uh I think defensively in particular. Then his next two games he had Better defensive stats, and <laughs> Townsend mm-hmm. still said, mm-hmm. "Nah, you, I don't. I don't like the way you played that last game." But you said to work on my defence. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> um,
0: I, yeah, never mind. Yeah. So we'll see. But I mean, he's not. He's not in the squad. And no, it's a Schrodinger's cat of a an issue, isn't it? You can say you love, you want your fam- favourite player in the squad. As much as you want, but we can't know how much better he'd do than the other player until he's in there.
1: Mm. And then eventually once your favourite player does get called in the squad and you're like, fantastic, that's that player called in the squad. They um they mess something up and make you look like an absolute arse piece.
0: <laughs> exactly. Um Brody Duncan is uh suggesting Hugh Jones to twelve. I think that's madness. We we I don't think we should ever repeat that experiment ever again.
1: No, he's not much of a passer. Mm-hmm. Um and he's not got a good enough kicking game. See, there's one thing, like, see when Hog moved to 10, and mm-hmm. it's one thing that I do quite like about Hogg at 10 is that he, if he stands flat to the gain line, he can dance past people. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's just going you to know, terrify defenders. And then if he goes deep and they drop off, he he nearly has an educated enough boot to be able to chip over the top, but it's more effective if it seemed like an island. I noticed this a couple of times, um, you know, they, they want to rush up and, and try and hit you, and he can just step in, in or out. Um, that's one of the great things about Hog. I, um, I prefer, obviously, is, at fullback.
0: No, I prefer him at fullback. This is, I'm, I wouldn't be adverse as much as I'm anti Hog at 10. I wouldn't be adverse to him starting there against Italy, to be honest, because we'll sort of experiment. Just why not? Do you know what I mean? It's a free free roll of the dice. If Townsend's going to pursue a route where Hog to covering it is an option, then why not give him a, you know, sixty minutes there?
1: So how far away um, from a Duncan Rear recall are we?
0: Uh, well, Jakob Van Der Vaart, I think, is fit, isn't
1: he? Yeah, but he apparently had a bit of an ankle injury, Ooh. Um, which uh, I, I know that I ruled him out of the France game, and then he was picked to start against Ireland. So he's
0: back in. He's back in the squad.
1: But I thought it quite telling that he wasn't picked last week.
0: Yes. So I don't know whether or not that's. But I suppose it get, it's, it's probably just down to the bench option, then, isn't it? that by not picking him then townsend was able to have Darcy Graham and Hugh Jones.
1: But then because otherwise
0: you'd have to otherwise you would have to drop probably you'd end up dropping Darcy. Darcy Graham for Jakob van der and then you've got I don't know. You just don't know that you I think you, you've got to play you know, he's left him on the bench before now in the last you know, against England he left him on the bench. So if it's a player you're never going to put on the field, then why waste the bench spot on
1: him? Well, because the unfortunate happened and Finn went down.
0: Yeah, but then if you fall back if you're happy with your fallback as hogged to yep. ten.
1: If you're happy with your fullback as a fallback,
0: yeah. Yeah, your fullback, fallback, yep. then that's fine. If you're happy rejigging everybody else, then why waste... I think from, from his point of view, why waste a bench spot if you're not going to bring the player on? And I'm not saying that Townsend, for Embraer fans get upset, I'm not saying Townsend's right or wrong to have left him on the bench. I'm merely suggesting that if he's not minded to bring him on, if it's a break glass in case of emergency replacement, then you're wasting a bench spot.
1: Because Hugh Jones and Darcy Graham are better than Jacob Van oh,
0: yeah. There. I think that's, that's that's. I don't think you can argue that they're more likely to change. Are they more likely to change a game from the bench than Jakob Van Der Yes, in which case you might as well. If you've got ten cover on the pitch, you're fine. I don't know who would have been the third choice ten after that,
1: but. You well, know. usually it'd be Hogg, You know, as we saw with Finkelson and Hastings. They, know. God knows what would have happened and after how, that. How? How much more annoying is Adam Hastings' red card now <laughs> at this moment in time? He's yep like, oh, you stupid... I mean, I didn't think... I, I thought it was harsh. But at the same time, you're just like, dickhead, don't even give them the choice. No. No. Um, Are you going to have to blank out D-Head? It should be fine. It'll be fine.
0: I'll just gloss over it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> gloss over um, what? Exactly.
0: Yeah. What any more on the Ireland game? Um, I, I thought I don't think it's as bad as people are making. I don't think Scott Steele and the couriers calling for Gregor Townsend head. I don't think we're there, I don't think it's that bad.
1: Oh, no, they're right No, Townsend, after getting school by on a couple of times, has learned. Um, I think we can you know take the Open Nations Cup game out of the equation because that wasn't a proper match because. Mm-hmm. You know, he had the options available. But he I mean, he dropped Hamish Watson just to test things out. And now, <laughs> and, and now we know you don't drop Hamish Watson. No. Um, we should have won that game, but it wasn't Townsend's coaching that made Ali Price jump offside. Uh, it wasn't Ali, uh, Gregor Townsend's coaching that made Jamie Batty miss that hole to block the box kick. Mm. Um, it wasn't Gregor Townsend that saw... You know a massive reshuffle and uh, and the sort of in uh, the back five, and then also the back row. And even then, at that point, we managed to clock back. Um, and we scored a we managed to score a, a, a short range try against Ireland. you know a, a it's an anomaly, unbelievable. Uh, so, yeah, even though it's this has now dropped his win percentage just under Vern Cotter's. Um no, we should not sack Tendron right now, or if we are going to, please apart from Scott Robertson don't don't suggest anyone else <laughs> the,
0: the interest, I was looking back at Scotland's scores, just to try and prove a theory, and I've partially proved it, it was a confirmation bias, I've, I've, I'm fitting the facts to fit my view, but uh, apart from Ireland Scotland haven't lost by more than seven points in a while. I think France France in February 2019 was 27 ten. And then beyond that, it's mostly said there's more apart from Ireland then in the World Cup. And again Ireland in the autumn all all Scotland's other losses have been by seven points or less.
1: Which proves they are very competitive against the best nations in the world. Yeah. Apart apart from Bloody Island and Johnny yeah. Sexton. I can't wait for I, that I
0: think um, if you, I think if you looked it over, if you did a graph over the last few years of Scotland's wins and losses, the the wiggly line of the number of points when it comes to us losing is is overall its arc is getting smaller. We, we, we're closing the gap in that we're not losing as badly to these teams. Still losing, but. That's but we're still the, losing, and that's the want, thing.
1: You want the W.
0: You do want the W, but would I rather we were? I think I'd rather we were coming to within a score and being largely competitive, than losing by 10, 15 points every game.
1: And we've not lost Italy for six years now, so that's and there. You uh, go. <laughs> have I just drinks this weekend?
0: <laughs> It'd be quite something to lose to Italy this weekend. I think that that probably would be it for for Gregor Townsend
1: <laughs> you just come Harry <laughs> right there
0: there's a suggestion that the France game might not go ahead this has come from Rob Baxter
1: I mean this, this is an absolute tobacco from the Six Nations
0: isn't, it hasn't still, I, mean, I thought it had been confirmed but it turns out it hasn't nobody yeah. nobody knows it's been confirmed yet just
1: poop or get off the pot I, I hope you appreciate that it went for the polite term there.
0: <laughs> yeah um, but yeah, so the Rob, this is this Rob Baxter interview um, that where he was talking about Johnny Gray's bruised shoulder where he said that he still hasn't heard whether or not he's going to have Scottish players available that weekend, that the France game is scheduled to go ahead. And he's waiting to hear what the English Premiership have agreed in terms of player release. Gregor Townsend, I think, has recently said as well that he's not 100% sure exactly what's happening. Um, Rob Max seemed to be intimating, although he said he didn't know anything, but intimating that, well, if, if Wales win this weekend, then Scotland-France is kind of a dead rubber anyway, aside from prize money, I guess, because I think prize money is divvied out depending on your final end position. Mm-hmm. So and aside from there's that...
1: does TV revenue as well.
0: Depending on final... Well,
1: I suppose for the game going ahead, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yep. Um, yeah, so unless, unless Rob Baxter can convince Tony Rowe to cough up for the uh, the short end, the shortfall. Um Yeah, no, I think that's an absolute joke that still hasn't been clarified. Um, how France have got away with it when they are solely to blame is kind of beyond me when yeah. we saw teams we've seen teams punished, including the Glasgow Warriors. Uh teams punished for nothing when they've done absolutely nothing wrong. And that
0: and Glasgow, that was Exeter's fault.
1: Yep, that was Exeter's fault, and then we had to cancel a game against uh was it Leon? I think it was Leon. Um and so Leon get given a twenty eight 0 win because Glasgow can't put a team out because of another team's faults. I um, we're,
0: we're saying it's exit's fault. We need to put the woke claxon on though. Everything's exit's well, fault.
1: Well, well, I was going to say, could like Tony Rowe maybe not show a bit of decency and you know, every penny he's made from Native American uh, merchandise, you know, all the profits they can go to um, Do, the teams who
0: yeah.
1: I think the, part, to, the problem,
0: I think the moment you, you, you carried on speaking after, could Tony Rowe not show a bit of decency? I think. Yeah, that see anything after all, that?
1: All became moot after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, but it's, yeah, it's 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 it's
0: it's, we, it's 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 yeah, it's it's unbelievable that it's still not been sorted at this stage. That we we essentially everyone's believed it's confirmed just because the French press say it has been. Mm. Mm. Um. So Italy this weekend. Who knows after that? We'll see. Not
1: not even the Six Nations. Apparently,
0: (laughs) the French only the French press knows. Um, We'll move on. We'll we'll move on from from the weekend's rugby. We'll do this now. Yes, it's hands in the ruck time. It's our any other business section of the podcast, um, Ian. While I go and look on Twitter for the hands in the ruck we had submitted, what was your hands in the ruck this week?
1: Um, mine is that. Uh, well, you may have to stick the walk claxon on again here, but I really don't think. No, it's should. fine. No,
0: it's allowed. It's allowed in hands in the ruck. That's why we've got the, the walk claxon oh, t- for, for for wokeness outside of hands in the ruck.
1: Oh, we've not even had time for a Lions chat and all sorts of crap. Um, but um, Guinness Premier Rugby uh, highlighting Paddy Jackson's successful penalty kick, which is <sighs> the longest penalty kick of the season, uh, in particular on the day after the um, vigil slash protest, uh, the Women Reclaim the Streets sort of protest that mm-hmm. happened. When the police were beating up women, uh, when well, I mean, unless you've had your head under a rock for a while, you might have heard about how Paddy Jackson thinks about women or treats about women, right? So, fair enough, right? He wasn't uh convicted, you know, he, he was found sorry, he was he was found not guilty, not
0: guilty. Nobody, the nobody is found innocent in a court of law, you're found. Guilty yeah, or not guilty. Not guilty, um, but the, and he was found not guilty to the criminal standard of proof, not the civil standard of proof, which are two different things mm, as well.
1: Yes, which is, for example, why OJ uh, hasn't been put in a chair, <laughs> and but instead but, got sued by the Nicole Ritchie estate for something like sixteen million dollars. Yep, he basically owned all of his stuff. He even like owned the rights to a book he brought out, which was called. Uh, how I did, did it. It's called uh, OJ yeah. Simpson. How I did it. Yeah, uh, his title was, "I didn't do it, but this is how I would have done it." Um, so they just what because they owned the rights to that, they just changed the font on the bits that uh that, that made it sort of like I didn't do it. If I did, it was called "If I Did It," yeah, Confessions of the Killer. Yes, and he did. Um. Uh, and so yeah, their Premiership Rugby's glorification of paddy jackson and then also as per usual we've had the we've had the brigade out given it ah, but he's found not guilty in a court of law and uh many various horrendous slurs aimed at the the woman who made the claim uh or who raised the lawsuit what what i
0: think is worth saying is if the the text messages and the details of what happened mm. are in the public domain and you can go and read them. And they were, the court released yeah. those. And so it's, if before commenting on it and on, do you know how, how wonderful a human being you believe Paddy Jackson to be or not go and read those and then come to a view. Yes. He was found not guilty in a court of law, And so he is a free man, that's fine, and he is allowed to be on a rugby pitch, and but people are allowed to be unhappy that he's on a rugby pitch. London Irish allowed to employ him, people are allowed to be unhappy that he's employed by London Irish. That's that's how the world works.
1: See, one thing that now I believe you know when when someone goes to jail or whatever if they're convicted of a crime um, you know I believe in rehabilitation I believe you should Mm -hmm. be given second chances and stuff like that but the fact of the matter is um, since his conviction Paddy Jackson has shown little contrition you know maybe if he'd if he'd spearheaded campaigns to um, try and stop this laddish culture Mm -hmm. uh, that, that purveys in sports clubs that'd be cool um you know, he seemed quite contrite when he said his statement at the end but it just sounded like you're contrite because you've been caught I mean I think if you if you truly are, if you truly want to change the person and want to try and make Laura a better place if you've been caught out for doing something shady like he did because um, regardless of whether or not he was convicted as you've said the the, the text messages that that are available public on the public domain are abhorrent and show little respect for um not even just women just humans in, in general um yeah and then he's, he's been given a chance to come back too quickly um you know i think
0: i think it's the cel- it's it's the kind of like you said it's a celebrating of him i think that's what that's what sticks in the craw a little bit is you know He's london Irish entitled to have him as a player and he's entitled to play and earn eleven and that's fair enough, but I think it's the it's then the kind of veneration of him like you said in the context of what's happening in the world right now that that's that's very difficult and I think it's you know i get that sports commentators and you know need to create excitement around games, but they also maybe just need to show a little bit of awareness. And it's you know they don't have to hold them up as being the you know there's people calling for them to get back in the island team for Christ's sake. It's I mean, that's not happening. Well, you'd hope it wouldn't happen, but
1: that's up to them. Um, yeah, you know, like you know, like I said, if we've not seen we've not seen enough contrition or any kind of look to re- redeem himself from or or admission you know um if if i think if he if he sort of held his hands i went look here's i mean obviously he's not going to admit to you know he's not going to incriminate himself but look here's what happened or here's my events of what happened or just going this is why we shouldn't behave like this if we are you know any any, any age group of men particularly young men like, come and find themselves in a, a financially privileged position and who know they are in positions of power, they should be using that. Uh, they should be, you know, be setting examples. They should be going out there to be like, I'm not just some daffy punk who, who goes around doing despicable acts and getting pissed. Um, yeah. You know, you set yourself standards.
0: Yeah. And I don't think he did any interviews where he joined, you know, when he joined London Irish, that was the time for him to. You know, come out on record and say, I've been away, I've been playing in France, and I've had some time to reflect on my behavior, it wasn't acceptable, and blah blah blah. I've learned, and you know, all the rest of it, but I don't think that that didn't happen. They've just wrapped them in cotton wool and kept them away from the press. I think pretty much
1: that's one other thing I've said to um, uh, Exeter fan called Izzy, who I think we both follow on Twitter. Um, Yeah, she's been complaining about the veneration of Patty Jackson, Les Kiss. Knew about the allegations before Paddy Jackson even did. Uh, Leskis called Paddy Jackson into Ulster Rugby Club because I think the police had contacted Ulster Rugby Club. Leskis then signed Paddy Jackson after his little year in exile to bring him back to to the UK. So Leskis has obviously, you know, he's he was in charge of these guys. Hmm. You know, he was in charge of. um Patty Jackson and Stuart Olding and there's another player who still plays there who's only named as CG in the messages released. Um you can guess who he might be. He's a winger. Um so you know he's in charge of all these people and he knows their attitudes and then he's been at the epicentre of this crap show, which has brought massive disrespect on his club. Uh, and on the Irish Rugby Union. And then less than a year later, once he's left the Irish Rugby Union, he brings Paddy Jackson back in. He goes, oh, no, he's a good player. He doesn't think about the kind of person Paddy Jackson is. He just goes, oh, wait, I could use him as a player. That, to me, says quite a lot about Les Kis.
0: Did you know, um, I didn't realise this, but um, Paddy Jackson's lawyers threatened to sue Rory Best for libel because yeah <laughs> um because he said um i think he said he regretted taking part in the trial um because he spoke in faith. i think he spoke like stood as a character witness um ultimately didn't give evidence at the trial but he agreed to appear in court um with ian henderson um and he Expressed regret for telling saying it turned into a circus and it put a lot more pressure on something that was very sensitive. Um and they have uh I didn't he also I I did not really um also I did not really understand the complexity of the situation. I, I was I was I was strung up.
1: Yeah, I was stonewall than it. Yeah. Um but
0: yeah they they've um they they've issued defamation they issued defamation proceedings against him. Scum. Madness,
1: yeah. It's like my, my brother's a lawyer, and he he, he knows that I think he's scum. <laughs> no, he's he's a decent lawyer. Um, no. Uh, oh, I, I think I've said this magnificent joke before. Uh, on here, what of a, what of a lawyer and a sperm got in common? I don't know. One in four million of them have a chance of becoming a human being. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the old ones are the best. Yeah, um,
1: proper dad joke.
0: We've got um, a hands in the ruck um, from Peter. This is not Peter Foster on one of our patrons. says, not hands in the ruck. Um, it's an any other business one. Found out that Kenny Logan has got a 15-year-old son who's six foot five tall and has signed for Wasps. I hope Kenny's having a word in his ear about um, about it. And Dougie Lowe then pointed out be able to play for Scotland, England and Wales. Because, of course, Gabby Logan's dad was uh, Terry um, Yorath who turned out for Wales.
1: But, well, I hope... I hope Kenny Logan's son won't be doing the kicking if Kenny's international record is <laughs> anything even though he seemed to be prolific for wasps he was um, but he never
0: yeah and then Chris Patterson came on the scene and always was right with the world yes.
1: and I was in Wales at the time when that happened watching Scotland v Wales um, uh, that, was, that was a good day I was so drunk <laughs>
0: The other hands in the note we've had is from Ran Clanald, who says, um, he's been thinking about the trajectory Scotland have been on and the questions that have been raised again about Tooney's role. The classic take is our problem of inconsistency, but it strikes me that something, it's something more intangible than that, something almost to do with jamminess. Ian pointed out after the Wales game how we're always on the wrong side of close calls and tight, brave performances. The 2015 Australia game or the Autumn game against Ireland with Taylor's yellow against England, Tunis had a stale, stellar record, but has never beaten Ireland. There's something about certain teams we need to be able to crack if we have to, if we have to have any hope of progress, especially with them being in our pool at the World Cup. Apologies, this may be a bit of a ramble. I think there's something in. I mean, Ireland of Gregor Townsend's bogey team, but then the Irish teams were maybe his bogey teams during the time he was with Glasgow.
1: Well, I think what would really effing will help as if Roman Platt is not refereeing um, Scotland Ireland games because uh, that's it. It almost seems like a bit of a piss take now because <laughs> Greg, Greg Laidlaw complained about it. We've had them two or three, uh, not uh, as the main man, not just running the line, but as the main man. um
0: was he in charge of the World Cup match? Wasn't
1: he? Yeah, he was in charge World Cup match, but he wasn't in charge of the Autumn Nations Cup Nations match. Cup. Then, then wasn't he on the?
0: Was Was he part of the? Was he not part of the referee team during the Autumn Nations Cup?
1: I don't know who. No, it was Carly. Was it Carly? Or brace was in the middle. Yeah. Um. I who 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 sent up who yellow carded Duncan Taylor? That was Carly, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um. I don't think he was. I don't think he was on the line. But no.
0: But he has been. He,
1: he probably wouldn't be like France would have said he, he can leave the country at that point. <laughs> Although I don't um, think he'd be allowed to leave the country at any stage. Always, it's right it's always.
0: It's always the French. Well, Matthew Matthew Reynal was in charge of the um the well, awesome. twenty twenty six Nations one. Yeah.
1: Raynal is um, yeah, there
0: What we need is a non French referee.
1: That's, that's right. I, I can handle Gozer and Garcés. Gozer and Garcés are not too bad. Yeah. But Platt and are wastes waste of oxygen. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, we've not had any other hands. My hands in the ruck was CJ Stander retiring because I don't... It just seems odd. And I get maybe he has had the epiphany, he says he is, but I do. I did kind of take Dan Leo's point that he then subsequently deleted, where he said, "You know, the, uh, you know, kind of a, a player like that going and earning his residency, then and retiring and immediately moving back to his country, his home country does kind of the optics of that aren't great, and also." That's somehow worse than what the Pacific Islands are calling for, which is that people should be able to play for more than one nation after a stand down
1: period. Um, with the latter point, I certainly agree that people like Charles Peatow and that should be allowed to represent or uh, represent places like Tonga and Samoa. Because um, I mean, if I, I don't, I don't want to say they get corralled and. it to playing for the All Blacks, but if they're wanting to earn their coin in New Zealand because they can't earn their coin in in Tonga or whatever, mm. Um but then it's like you can't be an international unless you play for the All Blacks if you play New Zealand. Which yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I I think there's some kind of I think I, I know that Ireland, Wales, England, and France have similar kind of agreements in place. But I I, I you know what. I wonder if that's some kind of, I mean, we're not. Uh, it's
0: like monopoly, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and it's kind of like a, you know, you're, you're trying to stop people from being able to trade their wares. Yeah. Um,
0: it's true, and I think as well, there's the other, well, we've talked about this before, but it's the other thing, if it then helps develop tier two nations, if someone can go back and who's no longer wanted by the nation that they were selected forage you know has, hasn't had caps at a cap in years it then helps the developing nation to have someone like that come in and it's not going to turn them into you know it's not going to turn tonga into or samoa into you know world beaters overnight it just will help the players that are there to have somebody that's better available to them
1: because yeah, it's not like the all blacks like dingy sunny bill after if you had to play rugby league yeah um but in the case of standard like standard has been an island for years and years, and he, seems yeah, to no, but he should be forced
0: think, to. He should be forced to live in Limerick for at least five
1: years before he's allowed <laughs> to go back to South Africa. I don't know. I think there's maybe, I, I, I think there's, there's family issues. It's yeah, it would be like, would be like us mm-hmm. criticising um, Jake Ball or uh, Dave Rennie, or, or you can criticise Dave Rennie for other things, but, you know, <laughs> but not for the fact that. You know, he wanted to get closer to home because yeah. he was his family. And, and so I, I, I don't think like we can criticise stand for that. And 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 I know Dan Leal you know, he, he followed that up with a tweet saying, Look, I don't think that you know, I don't think uh I'm not saying Standard's made a mockery of the game. He's been dealt at hand, he's been played. Um but it's more to do with the fact that guys like Charles Pietou and what have you, um they they can't Go back and represent,
0: mm.
1: uh, represent all countries. But it used to be even in the nineties and that it was a case. You know, you had someone like Jamie Salmon who played yep. for New Zealand and England. Um, even like if, if sort of more recently, I don't think it was in the same code. But someone like uh, Robbie Paul who played for Australia mm-hmm. at rugby league mm-hmm. and then England at rugby union. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think the the sit down period should be allowed. Um as should the residency period. Uh you know, we just have to accept that the world has moved on. People move about. It's so much easier to move about. Well you know, apart from in the last year or because so, yeah. you know, we're we're all spreading disease about the shop. Um but <laughs> yeah. yeah otherwise.
0: Yeah. Denny Solomona, he's the other one, played for rugby league for Samoa and then now he's playing for England at rugby union.
1: And you look at the Scotland rugby league team, half of them are straight like, cats, England or like yeah. Australia. And then it's like, yeah, I'm not getting I'm not getting cap by England anymore. I'm Scottish as you know,
0: Scottish <laughs> hey, don't is. you don't don't you uh
1: don't Scottish as a tatty scone, mate.
0: Don't you talk down Danny Bruff.
1: I love Danny Bruff.
0: Danny Bruff. I don't think Danny Bruff ever it, I think he's he played for Great Britain, but I don't think I think he's on only ever played for Scotland outside that I don't think he played for England, has he, Danny Bruff?
1: I do I'm not that much of a league fan, mate. I don't Scottish through young, and through,
0: Danny Bruff. <laughs> Aye. Oh yeah, he got what He played one game for England. Nah.
1: Scottish through and through. I drink Nambarry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, that's probably it for this week. I don't think we've got anything more to add? Um, we'll be doing. Hopefully, we'll try and do an Only Finns uh, match preview. Um, if we can uh, work out who's available. Um, I think teams get announced tomorrow. Ian, is that right? You're on the uh, team call. Is it tomorrow I, or Friday?
1: I, I've not had an email yet. Hang on. it oh, Thursday keep, or Friday. You keep talking for a couple of seconds. Well, I think the teams are, the game you.
0: the games are on the games are, the games, are, the games yeah. are on Saturday, so it's, we're recording this on Wednesday evening. So probably going to be on Thursday. The, the teams are normally announced on the Thursday.
1: Week we ahead schedule. Here we go.
0: There we go. Ian's going to double check that for us. By which, by the time you're listening uh, to this, the teams will be announced.
1: Yeah, one one thirty tomorrow.
0: So we've got tomorrow afternoon. Dougie Lowe says and Ian's just confirmed that's so one thirty tomorrow. Dean will be on the, the the call and we'll have coverage of the team announcement yeah. on the blog. So, yeah, and, so the
1: team should be up at one
0: alright So and and we'll see if we can fit in, in only fins for patrons as well, where we'll talk about the two uh, lineups. Although you know, it's only Italy, that'll come and yeah. bite on the bum next week. Um, yeah. uh, we'll be back next week with a post Italy, um, maybe a France preview. Who knows? We'll see if that game is actually happening after the weekend. Um, For the moment, though, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Ian.
1: Ciao.